0: Welcome to the Confident Feminine Body Podcast, a place of healing and transformation in your relationship with your body, food, and fitness. I'm your host, Elizabeth Marbury. I'm an intuitive healer and coach and founder of our Confident Feminine Body Program, where I help women build their self-worth from the inside out, free their voice, and love the sexy skin they're in without diets, deprivation, and self-sacrifice. Think of this podcast as your empowering and fun self-love guide, where you'll get real-time advice and tangible tools as we navigate this body and food freedom journey together. Let's dive in. Hello, everybody. Welcome. I'm so excited. We have Mayan Gordon here with us today. I met Mayan Officially on Clubhouse, which, if you're not familiar with it, it's a new social media app, kind of like a walkie-talkie app where you hop into a room and you can talk to each other. It is, it's quickly becoming my new favorite social media app. And um, I met Mayan in there and she was on stage speaking, and I was so captivated by her energy and her confidence. And just how her heart was just always coming from a place of service. So I reached out to her to have her come and join us on this podcast. And she is a serial entrepreneur. She does consulting work. She's an advisor in startups. And what we were talking about before we popped on here is that she is multi-passionate, which I can so relate to uh, having two businesses, two kids, lots going on over here too. So Mayan, you are huge on TikTok. You have 2.3 million followers, which is crazy. You are, are a glass blower. You are, you are so many things. So I'm going to stop talking and let you officially say hi to everyone, but thank you so much for being here with us. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me
1: on. I'm, I'm really excited to talk about just like, you know, how do we see ourselves, our bodies and the connection of those two things to literally everything in our lives from business to personal relationships, um, to like the amount of fulfillment that we have. Um, and you know, it's, it's just a pleasure getting to connect with other people because of these, these social media apps who share these same passions that I do. Like, I remember, you know, really even just Two years ago, um, it was very hard for me to find other people who were passionate about about these same things. Um, you know, I was mostly just on Instagram, and it's just not as connective as Clubhouse or um, you know TikTok and, and some of these other apps that are evolving in this space. So it is a pleasure of mine to be here.
0: Yay! I'm so excited. So, will you share with our listeners? A bit of your story. And I know you shared with me that you were homeless at one point and now you are so successful and beyond the success that we see of like, you know, the followers and all of that, it is, it's a much deeper rooted success. And I'd love for you to kind of share a little bit of your journey of how you got to this place.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I'll give kind of the condensed version that has the good stuff in it. So I grew up in a pretty traditional middle-class family, um, had some unique experiences because I grew up Orthodox Jewish. So, you know, observing the Sabbath and going to a private Jewish school definitely was um, something that impacted me, but went through high school, you know, got very pressured to go to college, went to college for a year and a half before I realized that one, I, I didn't like the structure of it at all. I hated lecture classes and two, it was financially a not good decision for me. And I was racking up, you know, student loan debt very, very quickly. Um, and so I, I dropped out and started doing something that I discovered that I loved called copywriting. And I always previously thought I hated writing because I hated writing essays and like book reports in school. But then I found this cool thing, copywriting, where I got to communicate with people based on emotion and, and, and form kind of, you know, connection with people through words. And I was like, this is so cool. This is awesome. And part of why I fell in love with that is because I, had, I would say, an outward confidence that was very strong, but deep insecurities inside. And so I had a a really hard time throughout, you know, up until probably, you know, three, four years ago, connecting with people in person. Um, And so finding copywriting allowed me to to connect with people in the way I wanted to in person, but through the internet. And so I did that for a while um, until me and my husband were in a gas explosion in our rental home. And that really just tore apart every layer and level of our life from financially adding on more debt and, you know, medical bills and in-house damages to our, to my student loan that I already had. Um, And then also just like destroying the identity that I built for myself, which is, I was really smart and wasn't ever going to, you know, make big mistakes. And like, Boom! This was a, a big kind of mistake in my life of not being prepared, for, you know, with renter's insurance, not having health insurance for my husband, like all of these layers of things where I realized, oh, I'm not quite as smart as as I thought I was. Um, and so from there, that's what moved us into being homeless. Um, we did have an RV that we were living out of, so we weren't, you know, completely on the streets. Um, But we, we just went back down to California and parked right next to the school that I dropped out of so that we could get their internet for free and I could go into the library every day to use all those resources. And figure stuff out. Like I I knew that I didn't want to do freelance work forever because you have to spend a lot of time trying to find a job even before you do the job to then get paid for it. So I I decided, you know what, we're going to start a business. Didn't know what the business was going to be, but we just went in and explored and researched until we came up with a product idea, made this product, which was a smoking accessory, and started selling it uh, directly to smoke shops and to consumers. And we used Instagram. This is like when I got into social media marketing. Um, we used Instagram basically kind of like a portfolio because at the time um, with the websites, how they were, you couldn't put a lot of pictures on a website and have it load quickly versus Instagram. You could have like this beautiful kind of gallery. Um, so we used that in combination with our website to drive a lot of orders on the wholesale level. And that worked really well until got really burnt out on the business and hadn't built in margins to be able to scale it properly. So I pivoted and started up a new business around graphic design, um, some WordPress websites and sticker printing. I found that there was this need for people um, to, to print stickers in all sorts of different industries. And then it kind of shifted to the glassblowing industry because apparently glassblowers blowers. Love stickers and they, you know, all of them get custom stickers for the trade shows that they go to. Um, It's like what they use instead of a business card. And so I was like, cool, I found this market, we were doing the stickers doing um, transitioned into some t shirts, um, using a, a heat press machine. And then again, got burnt out as I was spending hours and hours Cutting these stickers, and we didn't have capital to be able to buy a huge expensive printing machine that would do all the, the processes for us and print, you know, full-color stickers at an affordable price. Um, so that's when I decided to try out glass blowing, and I fell in love with it right away. I honestly really didn't think it, it it would be something that I was interested in, um, but fell in love with it right away and started up a glass blowing business, which did really well right away on Instagram. Um, that grew very quickly for the first three, three and a half years until Instagram changed up its algorithm and like our organic reach died to almost zero. Like we were getting our posts seen by, you know, 60% new people and it went down to one to 2% very consistently. Um, and so that's what pushed me onto TikTok. I was really just trying to find new platforms to grow, found TikTok, grew very, very quickly on there. I think I gained more than a million followers in about four months, which just mind-blowing. Um, it started really learning a lot more through using TikTok about you know how people were connecting with content. And that's kind of what brought me to where I am today. But kind of the what I haven't talked a lot about yet, but layered underneath all of this was from being really insecure on the inside to kind of having my outer identity um, blown up, so to speak, um, was a process. Like that was probably one of the best things that could have happened to me at that period in my life, because it allowed me to shed my ego, shed my prior identity and really start rebuilding myself in the way that I, I wanted to be like, I had a clear vision of the person I wanted to become and so clearly no longer could mask that I was anything like that person. And so just a long journey of, okay, how do I become more confident? how do I deal with this fear of people? Just like, like I was so scared of people that when we were doing our cold calling, um, you know, we'd leave messages when people wouldn't answer and we'd get calls back on, on my cell phone because we just had one cell phone at the time. And I would look at the phone ringing and I would out of me and my husband, I'm a way better salesperson. And so I knew that I should pick up the call because I was much more likely to get the sale and we needed the money but I would just, you know, have the battle in my head of, you could do it my own, you got this, like do this for your family. And then that other voice going, that was just terrified to be like, you don't know what they're going to say. What if you sound terrible? What if they, you know, make you feel even worse than you already feel. Um, And so going from there to a place where now I'm really confident to talk to anyone um, was a very long journey with lots of, lots of different things going on there. So it's really been a journey of, Working on myself that has then expressed itself in the observable success that other people can see.
0: Yeah. So that fear of talking to other people and just taking up space and using your voice, I think so many women can relate to that. And how, how were you able? I guess two questions. One is, did you feel that way since you were a little girl? Like, was that, is, was that like a really deeply rooted? thing that you were like, I'm curious when that came up for you.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So um, I have a pretty clear idea about like why, why I was that way. Um, and I would say, so no, I wasn't always that way. I can't remember um, the earlier times when I wasn't that way, but I also know through stories, my parents have told me that I, I wasn't always that way. So like when I was, you know, a four-year-old little girl of which I have like maybe one memory, like I don't really have memories. Um, my parents would tell me that when they go out to restaurants, I would just run up to the other tables and start singing, you know, like little girl, cute little kids do. I love right? that. So, you know, I would say that that little girl had more confidence than, you know, the teen, all, all of the other versions up until recently of myself Um, And I think where a lot of it came from was one society telling us, you know, telling women that like, you're not powerful, um, that there are people out there to get you. And then, you know, further solidified by my mother, who I'm the oldest of four. And so I think, you know, there's always a special worry about your oldest child. Um, And she grew up in a different time period where like, there was a lot more danger to women. And so I got a lot of stranger danger, like all the time, stranger danger talk. Cause my mom gave me a lot of uh, freedom. Like I would walk myself to school, like a mile and a half, you know, each way. Um, and my mom was confident in my abilities to be independent, but was also terrified (laughs) that that something bad would happen to me. Um, and so I think that just like really, sunk into my identity and core in ways like I, I didn't realize till pretty recently, like in the past, you know, two years really examining, like, why, why was I so afraid of people when the reality that I live in is so the opposite, like people are awesome and amazing. And yes, there's some crazies out there, but most people are, are freaking awesome. So that's, that's where I've kind of determined that it, it's come from.
0: I believe that too. I believe wholeheartedly that most humans on this earth are good people with good intentions, doing the best that they can with the information they have. So I love that you have that mindset as well. And it's interesting as, as a mom myself, I have a four and a seven-year-old and it is, it's, it's interesting how we position this to little girls, especially I have a similar story growing up. My my, I remember my father just being so worried about stranger danger and he would just be like, okay, if you see someone sitting in their car, cross the street and go to the other side. And like, I do remember that as a little girl, just kind of being so freaked out about my safety at all times. And as a parent now, I'm kind of laughing because it's like, I get it. Right. Like you, you, you know, the intention is so good, right. We want to keep our kids safe. But I do think it's very interesting how, especially as women in our society, how some of these things get really internalized. And it seems like that's kind of what happened for you is that you started to almost embody that, that there was like a root fear that you had that maybe you didn't even, you couldn't even tie to childhood or whatever, but it's this idea of, is it safe for me to be who I am? Right. Yes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So not just even, is it safe to be a woman or a female or a girl, but like that was for, you know, further, um, I would say strengthened or that, that concept was strengthened by, you know, evidence that I experienced through my life from, you know, bullying, um, to, um, yeah, just like speaking out even within my own family of being like, Hey, I want to do this thing. And, you know, getting, Feedback from parents saying, well, that's not a smart thing to do, or like, you shouldn't do that. Right. Like, and again, coming from a place of love of like when, when I was in high school, I took ceramics for, for four years, um, and loved ceramics. And even without me saying, I want to be a ceramicist, getting feedback from my parents or getting a uh, messaging from my parents of like, don't go into art professionally because you're going to start, <laughs> which is like pretty strong language to use about a career choice or something that you're passionate about, right? And so just so many messages from so many places that are saying, if you don't want this, then you are wrong as a person and you need to conform to what society and authority is telling you is the right way to be. Um, And that's a, a hard brainwashing to unwash yourself from to realize no one knows what's best for me besides me. And like, they all have their opinions that come from somewhere and they might be, you know, coming from a good place where they, they really do believe that they know better, but the truth is no one knows better than you. What is best
0: for you? I love that so much. I love that so much because a lot of the work that I do, I've done personally on myself and I do with clients is, is reminding them that their body, they have all the wisdom that they need they do right and that i feel like gosh how would the world be different if we were all taught from a really young age to listen and trust your intuition to yeah. to notice those nudges and those breadcrumbs and those even passive thoughts that are nudging you what if what if we were trained that it's good to follow that that you can trust yourself that you don't need to you know in in the health and wellness space especially i see so many times it's like, it's these, these boxes that we think, okay, well that works for her. So I'm going to put myself into this box and then it doesn't work for me. And so then I feel like a failure. I feel like so much shame and right. And it's like, what would change if we could really, if we trusted and we listened and I think, you know, I'm 40 years old. I do. I'm so I'm deeply passionate about this work. And even for me, I'm still learning how to listen to my body. And and I think we live in a society where it's like, you know, especially I, I think you can relate to this as an entrepreneur, as a serial entrepreneur. I am as well. It's like the entrepreneur brain, it doesn't turn off. Part of being a, a business owner is the hustle. It is the grind. It is the hard work. And we live in a society that really you know, gives us that badge of honor for your exhaustion and your hustle and your push, push, push. And what is missing from that story is that what about how you're feeling in your body? What is your energy level? How do you feel about who you are and what you're putting your energy into and who you're pouring your energy into? And just, are you actually, are you kind of fighting for this for external validation? Are you fighting for this? Because this is like, your soul's calling and just getting back in touch with your body's wisdom and allowing it to tell you what, what you need to do, right? Like, do you need to push? Do you need to rest? Do you need to take a vacation? Like, I wish that we could celebrate rest more.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think that I read something really recently, um, around balance, and I've always kind of been one of those people who would say that you don't need balance, that like balance is a facade, but the way that they spoke about it, I a hundred percent, like you need to live your life in perfect balance as it relates to your mind, body, and soul. And you cannot just feed one of those elements. You have to feed all three balanced every single day. And that's something that I've really set, like you know, looking back, that's where my success in the last year has really increased and come from is me not just working really hard on my business, but taking a lot of time to take care of my body. And then taking time to take care of my soul and feed my mind with books and you know, all of those things need to be in balance on a daily basis for you to really have the level of energy that that we're supposed to have. And, and speaking of energy, like the the moment I started really focusing on what is energy? How does it relate to our lives? Um, I I started seeing a lot of progress in all areas. And I think one of the things we don't talk about that I see all the time as being a really big issue um, is that we've normalized fine or okayness. And the way that we are meant to experience our days is to wake up with massive energy because we just slept all night. Like you're supposed to wake up and feel like, boom, another day. Let's crush it. Yes. I love being alive. Like that is how you're supposed to feel. And if, when someone asks you how you're doing your, your go-to response is good, fine. Okay. You should probably re- do some reflection. Cause that's, I mean, it's not, it's not okay to just be okay. And of course it is okay to just be okay. I'm not saying that there's any right or wrong way to feel or be, but we're, we're meant to be amazing. We're meant to feel incredible, not just okay. And, and I think a lot of us normalize that okay is okay when there's so much more that we can experience and, and get value from that then allows us to give so much more into the world. Like the reason I'm able to, you know, people ask me, how do you do, how do you do all of these things it's because I have massive energy to do all these things. Like, if you don't have enough energy, of course, you can only get so much done. But if you have boundless, limitless energy, then what you can do and accomplish is also boundless and limitless. Um, and so that's you know why I focus so much on on my body and the connection between my body and my mind and my soul, because that's where this like incredible engine of limitless energy can come from. Each Segment each of the the triangle can feed into the other, so that you you just don't run out of energy. And when you feel tired in your body, you can kind of replenish that energy through through giving your soul some energy or tapping into some of the energy from your mind. Um, and that's something that you know is something I'm always learning more about. And like you said, it's a never ending journey of of listening to yourself and trying to understand what it is that you feel or um, you know, the intuitions that you're experiencing.
0: Oh my gosh. I love all of that because it was funny. I, as you were speaking, I was reminded of an interview I had with my good friend and colleague, Kelly Mathis. And she had said, you don't, you don't deserve to be 70% happy right? You deserve to be a hundred percent happy. And I think so many of us, and you don't have to use the word happy. You could say content or whole, you know, wholehearted or whatever the word you want to use that resonates with your heart. But it's like, I agree with you. I think, I think so many of us, we kind of sell ourselves short or we think it's too late or I missed the boat or, you know, and I just always want to empower women that it's never too late. And Mayan, you just sharing your journey of how you experienced all these different kind of would, would, most people would consider would be like a roadblock or a stop sign or a, oh my gosh, things are falling apart. And for you to kind of have that resiliency of, okay, what can I do? What can I do? And how you were able to pivot And I agree with you about energy being one of the most, it is like our most precious resource. And as an entrepreneur, as a mama, as a business owner, as a wife, as a partner, it's like, how can we protect our energy reserves? And how can we nurture our energy? So that way we can serve others. And, And what I see so often is women kind of fall into this trap of you know, taking care of everyone else, because of course we, you know, we are the nurturers, we want to nurture, we want to take care of people. And that is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. And it is, I see so often this pattern of self-sacrifice where I have to put everyone else's needs above my own, because that's what a good girl does. And then we burn ourselves out. We're exhausted. We don't have the spaciousness to create. We don't have the, the we're not productive. We don't, we feel down. And it's like, to me, it, it always comes back to energy. It's like, how are you protecting your vital life force? And as you do that, you are so much better able to show up for those around you, for your family, for your friends, for your work. And I think, so let's get into some like tangible things that people can kind of walk away with. I know, of course, everyone, you know, everyone has different approaches to energy. So I would love for you to kind of share if someone is thinking, wow, I want to have limitless energy. Like, can you share with us some practices or some tools that you've picked up that really help you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think it'll come as no surprise that they're, you know, the things you hear most people talk about. And I first kind of want to uh, pretext it by saying, these are not all things I just like learned all at once. You know, you learn one little thing and then you add another little thing. And before you know it, you've built kind of this incredible um, set of habits. You've built this incredible mentality, Um, but it, it takes time. Like this is not something I figured out in, you know, a couple months or even a year. This is years of work all compiled on top of of itself. So, um, you know, exercise for me in the morning is is really crucial. Not only because of the physical benefits that you get from from exercise, and even like if I wake up kind of groggy, if I do, let's say, ten minutes of um, dancing to a song, like that's kind of one of my favorite, you know, HIIT um, high intensity workouts. Is like just find some dance moves that you want to do. Yeah. Like move your arm. If you're moving your legs and your arms at the same time, it takes like a massive amount of energy from your body. But every time I do that, I feel more energized, which again, think about like the math of that start out kind of sleepy, do something that takes a lot of energy. And somehow you come away with more energy than you started with. Like the, the math of energy doesn't have to make sense in the way classical math Makes sense. So separate those two kind of ideas. Um, but outside of even those physical benefits, doing something that I don't want to do early on, I feel proud of myself. I feel powerful about my my mind's ability to say I'm going to do something and then to do it despite any outside circumstances. And grounding myself with those internal feelings of you know pride and. Um, you know, self-sufficiency and taking care of myself w- will create kind of a stable rock of emotion throughout the rest of my day to where I, I totally used to be in that same boat of like, if I talked to someone else and they were going through a hard time, all of a sudden I was going, cause I'm, you know, so empathetic. It's like, oh great. Now I feel terrible for you but also I feel terrible and like it, it, I would get sucked and drained of, of energy. And now I can be there for other people in a way where I'm still completely empathizing with them. Um, I'm still, I'm even more able to be there for them, but I'm not actually losing any energy and it's not something that takes my energy away from me. It's something where I've got such a plethora of energy to start with that. I can actually just, transfer some of that positive energy into them instead of lowering my energy to meet them where they're at, which is two different things. So giving a little instead of just lowering down to their, their energy level. So exercise is really big. Um, you know, drinking water in the morning, I think is really big. Cause if you don't have enough water, you just, again, you feel kind of sluggish Yep, yeah, You feel kind of slow. Um, so making sure that I, I get some fluids in me, um, is something else that I do and reading in the morning. Um, my mind is, you know, very hungry, um, especially in the, I'm one of the people who wake up in the morning and like my brain's trying to go, you know, it wants to think about my business and like what's in my messages. I think a lot of us can relate like what's on my Instagram. Did my TikTok video go viral last night? Um, And so instead of getting sucked into that world, which I used to, again, used to wake up and spend maybe two to three hours on my phone in the morning uh, before I would even think about taking care of myself. Now I feed that same desire though, with, with books. And oftentimes I'll read, um, you know, 10 or 20 pages of three or four different books in the morning um, because it's just like, my mind is so hungry and it feels so good to get like this information that has made me better just by reading it to fuel myself with ideas on, on ways to take different or new actions throughout the day. Um, and so it's, again, just doing something that solidifies in my mind and to my, to my soul, like, Hey, you're becoming, you're taking steps closer to the person you want to be and nothing, nothing that happens the rest of the day can take away the progress you make in yourself and for yourself. And so that's how I start my days as is really by making, even if it's a tiny, tiny, tiny little step closer to the person that I know I want to become, it makes me feel great. It gives me energy. And it also creates a, a protective barrier around anything that might happen. And like, I think that's come from realizing that the world is not a fair place and we're all guaranteed to experience some heartbreaks and some some things that are are very hard to deal with. Um, I've, I've got four dogs. I think about all that. They're all going to die in my lifetime. Like that's going to suck pretty majorly. Like I love my dogs. Like I don't have kids yet. They're, they're my babies. And they spent, you know, I work from home. They spend all, all day with me and I take them on walks and you know, as, as a, you know, dog mom. Um, And I know that the things that I'm doing for myself on a regular basis will make that easier to deal with. will make it will make me stronger going through those experiences to where like, I don't go to this place of darkness where I used to, to live so much of my life in. Um, and, you know, once you kind of climb out of, of that sp- space of despair of you, you get away from the voices in your head that are tearing you down. It's so important to make sure that you're building up strength and barriers to protect yourself for some type of massive blow that might happen. And again, sometimes I think about like, how, how would I deal with it? If, if I one day found out my husband was in a car accident and died, like God forbid. And you know, I hope that never happens, but I don't control whether or not that that's going to happen or not. And so I want to make sure that I can be as best prepared because I want my entire life to be happy. I want my life to be something that's not just for me. And I know if I go back into those places of despair, like I can't do anything for anyone. I can't be of benefit to myself. And I certainly can't be of benefit to others in the world at large.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that. I love that what you're saying is that it's not, it's, you're doing all these things like you're, you're dancing you're reading your books that are inspiring you and feeding your mind, you're moving your body, you're drinking your water, all of these things. And I love how you kind of expanded that out because it's not only positioning you to be successful and feel successful and feel energized in your day, but to your point, it's like every time we deposit into our self-worth piggy bank and we're Filling ourselves up, and we're nurturing ourselves. When things happen, when when hardship happens, like look at 2020, right? When things happen that knock us off our our feet, and you have been consistently practicing these these nurturing practices, you are so so much. You are you're able to move through it so much quicker, right? And yes. I see that with my clients a lot too, where when they first come in to work with me, they kind of feel like they're getting blown around, right? Like they feel like their energy yes. is everywhere. They're scattered. They don't feel grounded in like who they are. They don't feel rooted in that truth and through work and learning how to set boundaries and, and actually listen to their intuition and, and speak their truth and follow, follow their hearts when things do happen. Cause of course we're not pretending like. Things are unicorns and rainbows all the time over here. Yeah. You are so there, they were they always report back to me. They're like, okay, I was really down and upset about this thing that happened. Because of course they are. They're human, yeah. they have feelings, but they're able to shift and move through it within hours, right? Or, yeah. or days instead of weeks and months. And so I always think like this work is so so much fun to me because how, how great is it to like be strategic about taking care of your body and feeling good for your days. But then when you think about the bigger picture of your life, as you said, like if you lost someone or a a, a tragedy comes, I think so many people move through life. So afraid of those things happening and all of it is not in our control, right? Like we, you know, we are in control of ourselves you know i think 2020 taught us all that we're there's very little like control is really an illusion yep right <laughs> so we're able to be more resilient and and pass through and move through and heal and shift things when we're just more rooted in who we are and all of those practices you shared are just beautiful ways of coming back into communication with your body's wisdom and checking in with yourself And and honoring yourself. Like I have, everyone knows I talk about this all the time, but I have a walking practice. I do every day, 30 minutes a day, seven days a week. And part of that practice for me is when I'm on my walk outside, I just check in with my energy level and I, I don't necessarily even try to change it unless I want to. Cause there's some days where it's like, my hormones are off my, my I'm stressed out about something with my kids or my husband or whatever. And I actually give myself space to be there. I don't feel like I have to like push through it and just like feed myself so I can have more energy. I think that's part of it too, is just not being afraid of like, what is present for you and leaning into that. And I love that you read like three or four different books in the morning. And I'm just curious, like, what kinds of books are you reading? Are you reading like, in, you know, business books? Are you reading, you know, I'm, I'm curious what kind of books you feed, feed your mind in the morning?
1: Yeah, you know, um, so as, as a kid, I read exclusively fiction, right? Like it was all like fantasy novels and, um, you know, s- science fiction. Um, these days, I read a lot of books that I would say are partially scientific, partially minds, like they connect science to the world that we live in. Um, So like one of them is called that I, that I just started today um, the possibility principle. So it's talking about quantum physics. It's by Mel Robbins. Um, And you know, the, the how quantum physics and science kind of relate to our reality and our worldview and in the way that we, we think about and act. Um, and then I'm reading another book called Crucial Accountability. So um, I love learning about language and how we communicate. Like I'm just fascinated with communication. So um, I kind of stack my books into categories in which I'm, I'm looking to grow. I would say communication, um, science, uh, leadership. So I've got a couple, you know, Maxwell books that I'm reading um, or, you know, have on my bookshelf. I'm, I'm only reading one of them right now. Um, so really just areas in which I'm I have curiosity and want to gain more knowledge in. Um, And then, you know, sometimes someone will recommend a book to me and I'm like, sure, why not? Like, let me give it, give it a shot. I've um, rarely met a, a good book that I didn't like to read, so to speak. So like, it's not so much pertaining to subject matter or a particular category. If it's, well-written and it has value, like I will enjoy reading it.
0: I love that. And I, I also, I love hearing your honesty about when you, when you were going viral, you know, obviously you have 2.2 million followers on TikTok. So I always wonder about that too. It's like, do you feel like you get sucked into like checking it all the time and, and I'm sure your DMs are crazy. And so I, I, I love that you shared with us that you used to, of course, like, it was just kind of like, there's that like dopamine hit, right? You're just like, okay, what did I get? I mean, I, I, I feel that way too. I'm like, okay, how many views did this video get? Or it's easy to kind of get sucked in. And I love that you are so mindful now about that precious resource of, of your brain space, your heart space, your your body space in the morning, and that you are protecting your most vital resource, which is yourself, in the morning. And then once you've been able to fill your cup, then you can go check those things for your business and for personal. And and it feels it feels better, I would imagine, than having it kind of like suck you in first thing in the morning.
1: Yeah, you know, and I love that you keep using the word practice because these are all just skills that take lots of practice, um, and so. The other thing that I realized just through reading and experimentation in my life is it's much easier to replace something than it is to just stop something. Because the reason you want to do something probably isn't going to go away. That like desire um, is still going to be there. And So if you deny yourself a desire that you have, at some point, there's probably going to be some conflict inside of you or something um, is going to be a consequence of, of that. Um, And so what I, what I really focus on are, you know, how can I improve the things I'm doing instead of how can I stop the things that I'm doing or like labeling things as bad? Like, I don't think it's bad to want to check your, your social media. Maybe you're doing that because you want to improve your business. Maybe you're doing that because there's friends that you want to connect with. Um, But instead thinking about, is there something that would be more effective or beneficial for me to do? with this desire that I have, because desire is put inside of us for a reason. And it's a really good thing. Like desire is an amazing thing. It motivates us to take actions. And in life, you can't get a whole lot done unless you're, you're taking some type of action. And sometimes the action is staying still like action doesn't have to be movement per se. Um, so like, you know, I don't do it every single day, but I also pretty consistently will do meditation in the morning because sometimes I'll, I'll feel that, Busyness, let's say, inside of my brain, and I'll think, you know, that's great that that's there, but I, I just want to f- experience some quiet for a minute, um, and I want to see what that's going to do for my day. Um, I have a desire to not be thinking about all these things, and so once you're able to kind of, you know, experiment in different ways, see what works for you, see what doesn't, you can actually create a list of different options that are all beneficial, and there doesn't have to be just one right way for you to live your life. I think there's a lot of kind of rhetoric out there right now that says that, that says develop one routine and stick to it for your whole life. And I come much more from, I'd say like an experimental model of just because it worked uh, a year before doesn't mean it's going to work for you now. And in fact, it probably shouldn't work the same way if you are growing as a person, which is what you're supposed to do every year, you're supposed to be a new version of yourself. And so that means we have to keep testing new things and even revisiting things that we once said that wasn't for me and say, well, let me see if it's for me now, or let me see how this affects me now. Um, and so just bringing that even to, um, another thing that I had to do tons of experimentation around, like was food, like what am I eating and how does it make me feel? Um, and that's a, I think a really tricky one because, there is so much information and literally half of it contradicts the other when it comes to nutrition and food and health. Like it's for someone who's um very, would consider myself pretty educated even especially in the science space, my mother's a PhD neurobiologist. Um it's very confusing to try and figure out like what's healthy and like what you're supposed to eat. And so I just had to experiment based off stuff that I was reading and like for me what I figured out is you know, don't eat food in the morning for the most part until like at least 10 or 11 a.m. And especially don't eat carbs for, and this is just me. If I eat carbs in the morning, I actually get really sluggish and slow. Um, and I'm talking about processed carbs versus, um, kind of more natural. So like fruit works great. And again, saying this, that's my kind of framework, but do I still eat food in the morning before 10 a.m.? Sometimes totally. Some, some days I wake up and, I, I feel hungry all of a sudden, right away. So I say, okay, like, you know, today's I'm not going to force myself to not eat until 10. Cause I've created this like routine oh. that I have to stick to. I go, I'm, my body is telling me I'm hungry right now. What are some healthy options based on what I've learned about what I put in my body? And so I've learned, okay, fruit in the morning is a great way to feed my body if I'm hungry. Um, you know, eggs, egg whites. I love egg whites. Egg whites in the morning are like really easy for me to digest and process. And, and that's kind of, after you see some patterns and you experiment, you can kind of figure out, um, a a framework for yourself of like, okay, my body doesn't want things that are difficult or complex to process in the morning. And so then you can come up with all of these different things of, okay, well, I could probably do like some peppers and onions. Like that's another go-to for me of like, I'll, you know, cook up some peppers and onions if I'm hungry in the morning. Cause it's, it's very easy for my stomach to process those things. And they've got some great nutritional benefits to them. Um, but not boxing yourself into this, like, I must, I must follow this very strict thing. Even if my body's telling me something different today versus what it said yesterday, I think is so important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think food is a place where people don't trust their body or they put those rules and regulations and then it doesn't allow them to listen to their body. To your point, like if you have a strict rule that I'm not going to eat till 10 a.m. and you wake up and you're really hungry at 8 a.m., you need to honor that. Like, And part of part of rebuilding trust with your body around food is honoring your hunger and fullness signals. And that's that's definitely part of the intuitive eating work that I do with clients as well. So I know that we need to close. Um, but will you just share if someone is feeling like they want to show up more confidently, what is one thing that they can do to start to set their fears aside and show up with confidence?
1: Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, so I, I mean, I think there's a bunch of there's a bunch of things to give people Like there are a lot of different things you could do. Um, I think, you know, tactics wise or something that's very actionable is journaling. Or if you don't feel like journaling, like you're not someone who's ever going to start a journal, um, reaching out to someone who you trust and in telling them how you feel on a regular basis, because just becoming even aware of what your emotions are and what the thoughts that you're having are, I think is, so important. Like you, you can't fix what you don't know is, is broken. And I, I don't even like the word broken, but you, you can't start to make progress on, on your confidence until you really understand where your confidence is at and why it's at that place. And once you can really understand that, then you can start, you know, making progress or taking actions that are specifically going to help your situation. Cause you know, the reason I'm not, I wasn't confident is not going to be the same reason that someone else isn't confident. Like we all have different life experiences that really contribute to emotions that we all all share with one word, but mean a million different things to different people based on those life experiences. And this is one of the things I find fascinating about language in general, Um, and more specifically the English language, because some other languages will have 50 words for one thing, right? And the reason for that is because one word cannot possibly describe the same thing for 8 billion people. Um, And so really getting clear on like, what does confidence mean to you where are you at with your confidence and why are you you know at that place i think is the best place to start and you to do that you have to get it out of your head onto something else you can use your voice you can use your hands to write but you have to get it out of your head so that you can clearly see it cuz when things are in our head it's fuzzy it's confusing it's all jumbled up with a bunch of other stuff in there
0: mm. Such a great tip! That is awesome. So, if people want to follow you and learn more about you, where can they find you?
1: Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is Mayan Gordon Media. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn if you just search my, you know, first and last name, Mayan Gordon. Um, those are the two places, two best places to get in touch with me because I check my message as well, and they've got great messaging systems. You can also find like my TikTok content if you're curious to see some cool glass blowing or like. You know, stuff about my personal life. Um, you can go to World of Glass on TikTok. And then also, I'm on Clubhouse um, when, when I can be at Myon Gordon.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Myon, so much for your time. This was super, super fun. And I loved all of the wisdom bombs that you dropped today. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm Elizabeth Marberry, and I want to thank you for listening and hanging out with me today. Join our free community of brave soul sisters who are crushing it on their journey to body love and food freedom by going to confidentfemininebodygroup.com. That's confidentfemininebodygroup.com. And be sure to download my free gift while you're there. I'd also love to hang out with you on social media. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Elizabeth Marbury. I am sending you so much love today and always. See you next time.